all the goth DJs and Twitch witches are hanging out on Thursday for the bad VHS rips, unblinking eyes, and fire by night. Thetans and Satans comes from an interest in the cult of Scientology, moral panics, Satanism, and how they set the tone for the extremist social media panics of today. We really earn our weird left Twitch badge with this show, watching the world go red light in reverse every Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. Right now, I'm going to take a big old dump on the ground, and then I'm going to throw it at you, and it's party time. Reading to the lyrics, so let the fuckies will quench your thirst. 
What's up, live viewers? What's up, live listeners? If anybody's on the IceCast, and what's up, podcast people? This is the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Media. I'm also uh, pushing the feed to other places, but don't go to those other places. Just come here to Twitch. This is where uh, the fun is at. Support this project. Just go to echoplexmedia.com. Click the support tab at the top of the page. Although my favorite way to support the project, obviously, is the merch, which you can get at eplex.store. I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder, and uh, this is what the people want. Police officers, they've gone insane. I don't hate the cops. And there's a person inside when the truncheon stops. I don't hate the cops. Oh, when the raiders come, who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops. They're a sensitive bunch. If you don't stop throwing your rocks, snap, crackle, pop. It's the sound of a taser. Your body drops. Don't hate the cops. But don't hate the cops. Don't hate the cops. But don't hate the cops. Like your local police. Cause they don't do nothing wrong Like your local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops. Put your hands above your head and show you're not a friend. I'm the fairest judge that your skin color's gone News reporting tonight is giving us more insight on a story of death and mystery and anger over an apparent lack of good police work and accountability in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm talking about the story of Dexter Wade, who we now know was killed less than a half hour after leaving his home back in March. But his family only found that out this month. Wade was struck and killed by a Jackson police car, apparently, as he tried to cross a highway nearby. And even though police knew exactly who they hit within days of that accident, officials say, his mother, Betterson Wade, 
would spend the next seven months. She would spend seven months looking for her son. It wasn't until 172 difficult days after Betterson last saw Wade that they came together again, this time at his unmarked grave in a state-run cemetery. NBC's John Shoup is the reporter with this story. John, we're glad to have you with us today. Um, it is... Uh, the, the details here are just extraordinary, right? Because essentially what happened here is this seven-month-long mystery for this family, despite police apparently, according to official accounts, knowing for months who they hit, where he was buried, and not reaching out to the family. How did this happen? That's one of the questions that we have, is how exactly it happened. But we know some details uh, and a sketch of what happened. It began, as you mentioned, on March the 5th when Dexter Wade, he's 37 years old, left home and never came back. It turned out not far from home, not long after he left, he was struck and killed by an off-duty Jackson police officer. A coroner's investigator arrives at the scene, takes his body back to the examination table, finds a prescription bottle of pills that has his name on it. The coroner's investigator calls the hospital where he got the pills, gets the next of kin, who's his mother, Betterstein Wade, and forwards that information on to the Jackson Police Department's accident investigation squad. Meanwhile, the mother, Betterstein, has no idea that any of this has happened. On the 14th of March, reports him missing to the missing persons unit and for months is checking for updates and searching for him and gets no answers. Meantime, there, it's not clear why, but she was never told that they had him in the, in the morgue the entire time. So ultimately, someone figured it out within the Jackson Police Department and let her know. And that's when she realized that while she was looking for him, they had assumed in the coroner's office that he was unclaimed and arranged for him to be buried in a pauper's field. And so as you showed the pictures just earlier, a minute ago, that moment came a couple of weeks ago where she finally got to see the grave marked only with a number of where her son is buried. Mm. I know, John, that you and the team pieced this together from interviews with his family, the coroner's investigator, court records, documents provided in response to your request, a crash report, incident reports, other documents, office records. I mean, so much of this. It took it took a lot of putting some puzzle pieces here just to get, I think, some sense of what happened. And yet through it all, as of tonight, have you gotten any response from the police department itself? None. Um, as soon as I, just before leaving to come talk to you. I will ask, like, what response do they expect from the police department? This is, like, such a massive fuck-up, or maybe it wasn't a fuck-up. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it was a tr- maybe it was an attempt to cover their ass because they fucking ran this dude over. <laughs> Ooh, oh, man, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. We're probably never going to learn anything more about this, and that's going to be, that's the worst part. You, I was reaching out to the city. Um, they're preparing some sort of response, but I'm not sure that they fully comprehend of how this mistake was made. Um, mm. We have we have notes, internal notes and documents that show what they knew. It's just not clear yet about why it was shared. What does accountability look like for this family? Just quickly, John, what does that look like? I think for Betterstein Wade, the mother, is just somebody to acknowledge that there was a mistake. She can accept if an accident was made, but just an acknowledgement. and an what? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. It sounds like. John Shippey, thank you so much. Everybody oh, hell no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Head should fucking roll. Fuck that. Like, yo.
they like ran the dude over and then like just didn't alert his family that they ran him over. I don't care what actually happened. Sure looks to me like they ran him over and then didn't tell the family what happened because, you know, <laughs> they ran him over. Uh, you know, you, you can't get inside the heads of everybody there, but that, that sounds like a cover up. That doesn't sound like an oopsie. That sounds like a cover your ass or an attempt to cover your ass. My God. Anyway, that I put that horrible shit first because I did not know where else to put it. Um, believe, uh, Joseph E. Bacon in our uh, Discord is the one who alerted us to that, and that's just a fucking horrifying story. <clears throat> there's one of the, there's yet another reason that people don't fucking trust cops. I mean, if you lived in that community, would you trust any of the fucking cops? Anybody that works in the police department after finding out about this? They found out who it was within a few hours. They knew who it was because he had a fucking pill bottle. They were able to identify him like more, maybe more accurately with other methods. They knew exactly who he was because he had a fucking pill bottle with his name on it. They knew who he was. They fucking, they fucking killed him when he was trying to cross the freeway. You know, maybe that, maybe that, that thing was a freak accident or whatever. I could buy that, but then not telling anybody. Nah, nah, nah. We start running out of, I start running out. Like we do a lot of conspiracy theory content around here and there are a lot of things that are coincidences, but there starts to, there comes, there comes a time when you stop believing that things are coincidences. And this, this is one of those times I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time believing that these both, that both of these things uh, happened um, as a coincidence. I just have a hard time with it. And it, it fucking sucks who everybody that everybody whose name was on any piece of paper involved in that needs to be fired. Or like somebody in chat said, maybe just disband the whole fucking police department because apparently they engage in vehicular manslaughter and then a co massive cover-up of all of it. Anyway. Oh yeah, we don't really even know what happened because his body's buried now, right? So they like they couldn't get an independent autopsy or anything. I mean, maybe he was hit by the... I have, I'm willing to believe he got hit by the car. I would even be willing to believe that and it was an accident that like nobody meant to hit him with the car. But then after that, them losing track of him in the system. Nah, again, nah, no. Those two, the, too much coincidence, <laughs> too much coincidence uh, uh, that, that, you know, goes against a black family in the South. Too many coincidences where the, where the, they all negatively impact a black family in the South. My little fucking spidey sense lights up a little bit. Anyway, here's a news hit of the uh, other big story. Well, the big story. That, well, there's two big stories this week, I guess. This is the news hit about the big biggest story this week, the uh, mass shooting in uh, Maine. Mass shootings in Maine claim nearly as many lives as the state's average of homicide in an average year. And now we're getting new insight into the detailed timeline of events leading up to the massive search, which continues for the suspect. Tarek Miner is joining us now with how this happened, how this all unfolded in less than 24 hours. Yeah, Kent, the Auburn Communications Center in Maine received that first flurry of 911 calls right around 7 p.m. last night, setting off a frenzy of activity. As paramedics tried to save the lives of the wounded, and police started their hunt for a gunman armed with an AR-15. Going to be spare time recreation for an active shooter incident. And that can be the town of Wilson at spare time recreation for an active shooter incident, multiple people down. That first call to police for help came in at 6.56 p.m. from the just-in-time neighborhood bowling alley that was hosting a youth league night. I 
Oh no, it was like, like oh no, there's like a youth leak going on. People were seen running for their lives as it began. Wait, were the cops telling the media to get out of there? This was a mass. Is that what we saw? Was the cop was that was that cop telling the media to get lost? And the shooter was still at large. We're very thankful that they were able to get as many patients uh, into our trauma bays and into our operating rooms as we were able to. They're reporting 16 people with gunshot wounds. That second flurry of 911 calls coming in just 12 minutes later at 7.08 p.m. at Schmeggy's Bar and Grill, just four miles away from the scene of the first shooting. Witnesses at both locations say they heard dozens of bullets being fired from a high-powered weapon. Victims at the Schmeggy's Billiards, eight are deceased. Seven males inside the establishment, one male outside of the establishment. Again, also apparent gunshot wounds. At 8 p.m., the first images of the shooter were released to the public on social media, showing a man walking into a bowling alley with a high-powered assault rifle. At 8.09 p.m., state police ordered people to remain indoors, saying there's an active shooter in Lewiston. And at 8.26 p.m., the neighboring city of Auburn, urges its residents to shelter in place, lock all doors, and report suspicious activity. At 9.17 p.m., police release an image of a vehicle of interest, an SUV with its lights on and its driver's side door ajar. And more than an hour later, at 10.52 p.m., Robert Card was named as a person of interest in the murders. Seven County got multiple victims. I think multiple victims. I need every unit you can find. County communications to all county Rescue, standby for activation, multiple victims for an active shooter in the town of Lewiston. And we mentioned a moment ago about the state of Maine's homicide rate. For perspective, in all of last year combined, there were only 29 killings in the entire state of Maine. The state's population, 1.3 million. Stacy, Kent? So where the fuck was the good ghost going? They always talk about this Maine. They, they armed up there. Maine's a blue state, but they got a lot of guns up there. So where's the good guy with the gun? Where's the fucking good guy with the gun? Did they defund the cops? Is that why this happened? I mean, we got to find a reason, right? we got to find a reason for this. It can't be, you know, it can't be anything that makes um people, basically people who look like me, it can't be anything that makes us uncomfortable, right? Except maybe jihadist? Um, was it, was it, oh, wait. Wait, no, no, no. This neighbor, a person who lived near um, the, the shooter, um, said that everybody knew to stay away from this guy. So it was because he was a jihadist, right? And Liam, we understand that you grew up near Robert Card and his family. <clears throat> Can you tell us anything you know about the person of interest in these shootings? Well, I grew up about half a mile or half mile away. It, Bowdoin is a very interesting community. There's kind of like a center hub near the school and the town and the town um, um, store, excuse me. And um, and then you have like West Bowdoin, but they all interconnect around the school and the town store. And I just happen to live near there. And the family complex, it's basically a compound there. The family and Robert, they're all gun fanatics. They are, <laughs> they, for all intents and purposes, are very much associated with right-wing militias. It's known in the town to stay away from them and to not approach them. If you see them, you just turn around and walk away. 
Um, I remember going to the town store when I was a kid about, oh gosh, around 12, 14. And um, I remember very vividly, it's just the image that's been kind of going ahead around in my head is um, I'm going to the store and there's a way station there for deer. So he just killed a deer with his buddies and the deer was hanging and blood was dripping on the ground from the deer. And he was covered in blood with a gun on his back with a giant grin on his face. And they were all smoking cigarettes and drinking their morning coffee and like praising each other. And and also they would shoot guns all the time. Like you could hear them every day after school. It was like clockwork. You could hear them Mm. shooting guns and the sound would ricochet up the valley. I could even hear it at elementary school. At times you could hear them shooting guns. Liam, real quickly here, we only have a few seconds, but this is a close-knit yeah. community. Do you have friends who you know were injured last night? Yes, there are some friends of mine that have been injured. I know there was a baby that was killed um, at the bowling alley. It was a children's bowling night. So um, I do know that that happened. I'm not going to give any information out until the police officially release right. the names. But it's uh, it, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of heartache and tragedy that comes from this. That's kind of a dick thing to ask. Hey, did he off any of your friends? Like, I, I don't think that that's, there's no, there's nothing journalistically valuable there. I don't think I would, yeah, there's nothing that, well, that's like a dick thing to ask this guy, I think. Liam, can't we appreciate you taking some Very time? Much. Continue to stay safe, and we'll make sure to check back in with you, okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to check back in to see the body count of the people you knew, actually. We're going to make sure to... How many of your friends did this guy kill? We're going to keep calling you, actually. Like, I, that was a good hit. That was a good news hit up, because they kind of let him talk. Up until, like, where they asked him, oh, did he kill any of your friends? Fuck you. I would have been like, oh, look, this call's over. I gotta go. But if only we knew. If only there were signs. If only there were, if there were some way to know that there was something going on here. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he was a jihadist. Who fucking knows? We're going to move on to the uh, Speaker of the House. This is uh, right before uh, they voted in um, a, a terrifying person for Speaker of the House. Here's Kevin McCarthy. He is going to talk about how it, the same thing basically he's been talking about the whole time. He's like, oh, this makes the Republican Party look bad. Well, uh, you know, hold, hold my, hold my Bible and my gun, I guess, because like what comes next is crazy town. How does this reflect on the GOP? This whole episode reflect on the House GOP at this moment? Oh, very poorly. Very, very poorly. Um, from every aspect. And it's frustrating because it's just a few, these eight, working with all the Democrats to ruin the reputation of the Republicans. But we'll earn it back. Um, there has to be consequences. All right. That was- There's not going to be consequences. In, well, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Jim Jordan looks like it looks like an idiot, but is that really a consequence? Jim Jordan always looks like an idiot. No consequences. But here, here we go. Here is... um. Here's the guy they they elected. I had never heard of this motherfucker. This dude's name is Mike Johnson, and he is a, a white Christian nationalist. And um, here's what he had to say. This is an audio-only clip, but here's what he had to say about um, his fellow Republicans not um, owing any allegiance at all to God. And that's why it's so jarring to be sitting 
in the greatest deliberative body in the world, the United States Congress, mm -hmm. and to hear elected representatives of the people. You know, every member of Congress, every member of the House represents roughly 760,000 citizens, right. right? So there's a singular voice on behalf of all those people. And some of these voices now are in this chamber arguing that our rights do not come from God. Mm. How you know, think about how scary that is. If you, if you believe your rights come from government, then it means you don't really owe any allegiance at all to God. Yeah. You have no accountability. Well, to you're not him. free. You're not free because the people who are governing you and giving you things in exchange for those things mm -hmm. always comes a sacrifice of your liberty. Absolutely. So the problem with this is it's fine, like if if like individuals, right? They believe, oh, my rights uh, being a human come from God because God is the creator of the universe. Sure, if people want to believe that. The problem is, is the other side of that, right? If you're like, well, God doesn't like this group of people over here. I mean, I mean, I'm in that group. I think a lot of you who are watching this show live, and maybe I don't have any demographics on the podcast listeners, um, but maybe a lot of you who are listening to the podcast are like sort of maybe part of the group that this guy might think God doesn't like so much, and then. Well, maybe you don't have any rights anymore, and it all is permissible. And that's the, one of the big problems with uh, white Christian nationalism, actually. So we're going to move on here. Here's some more uh, of this guy. He, he was interviewed by uh, one Mr. Jonathan Hannity, we'll call him, and it wasn't great. It wasn't great. I don't know if Sean is short for Jonathan. And this happens with almost every shooting incident. The, the immediate call by the left in this country, we need more gun laws, we need more legislation. Yeah. What's your answer to that? At the end of the day, it's, the problem is the human heart. It's not guns, it's not the weapons. At the end of the day, we have to protect the, the right of the citizens to protect themselves, and that's the Second Amendment. And that's why. Where was the good guy with the gun in the shooting? So strongly for that. I agree with the comments of, of your guests there. This is not the time to be talking about legislation. We're in the middle of that crisis right now. Uh, but I just want you to know, and I want the American people to know, that all the members of the House here are deeply concerned about the families involved and everyone. And we, we pray for the law enforcement officers that are doing it. And also probably praying, they're praying for the gun, too. Does anybody know if the gun's okay? And that hard job tonight that most people do not have the uh, bravery to do. You talk about the... Does anybody know is the gun all right? Has any, anybody heard if the gun is doing okay? Because that's what's really important here. We got to, is the gun okay? Here's, uh, here's more of our uh, the new Speaker of the House on uh, the Seanathan Hannity show. Great website over there, Twitter, by the way. It takes forever to get a video to play. Is there any, any specific gun law that you would look at or any new legislation you would look at? Well, been on the job for 48 hours. We'll see. I mean, there'll be lots of discussion. He's like, read legislation, get out of here. Yeah, you have to look at it, even if you're going to vote no on it. After these heartbreaking tragedies. But your point is well taken. I mean, you know, in Europe uh, and in other places, they use vehicles to mow down crowds at parades, where they've done that here in the United States. It, it's, it's not the weapon. It's the underlying problem. I, I believe we have to address the root problems of these things. And mental health, obviously, as in this case, is a big issue, and we've got to. No, no, no. Racism is not. I mean, uh, this this guy was clearly like a right wing extremism, a right wing extremist. That is not a mental health problem. Seriously, address that as a society. We would colloquially call, colloquially call him crazy, but that's a different thing than somebody having a mental health problem. And and there's lots of measures pending on that as well. 
oh my god no 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 i mean and the other thing is like if some funding comes up for like uh better better mental health services in this country you know this guy's gonna fucking kill that shit we'll do one more clip of this guy from the sean hannity interview here um i don't like this guy i'm like way more afraid of him than gymnasium jordan at least we know who and what gymnasium jordan is this guy came out of nowhere let me ask you, you had a bipartisan briefing with President Biden, Hakeem Jeffries were there, other, other leaders were there. You got a phone call from President Biden. Um, tell us about it, how'd it go? Well, I actually had a, a, a visit with the President at the White House today for about 15 minutes or 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, the other parties were running late, so it was he and I sitting there together. Um, it was a meet and greet. Um, I'd only met him once before. Uh, it was cordial and pleasant. Um, I have no problem with, with uh, President Biden as an individual, right? You respect the office. It's a biblical admonition that you give honor where honor is due, and that's the, the honest, the respect that we have for the office. But he and I uh, disagree on almost no policy. So we didn't get into that too much today, Sean, but there'll be time for that in the days ahead. Is there anyone? This guy's a monster. I'm terrified of this guy. I'm just absolutely terrified of this guy. Um, here he is. Uh, during a house uh, hearing, he's going to talk about um, fender benders and abortions. I'm sure this will be fantastic. It'll be just as good as the last set of clips we were watching him here. Oh, my God. Here we go. This is a hearing on abortion. Should be great. Fan-fucking-tastic. Let me ask so you, do, do, let me ask you, do you support the right of a woman who is just seconds away from birthing a healthy child to have an abortion? I think that the question that you're asking, asking does not realistically reflect abortion care. In that in scenario, would you, would you support her right to abort that child? I won't entertain theoreticals. It's not a theoretical, ma'am. You're a medical doctor. I am a medical doctor, and that has never happened. Never happened in your practice, ma'am, but it, it happens. How about if a child is halfway out of the birth canal? Is an abortion permissible then? Can you repeat your question? If a child is halfway delivered out of the birth canal, is it permissible have, to have an abortion? Would you support the right for an abortion then? I can't. Uh, look, she's so confused by the question. Look, at this is the what the fuck look. Fathom that ever and I'm not asking you if you can fathom it. If it occurred, would you support that abortion or not? That's unrestricted I can't abortion, right? That's a question that I can't imagine. I, just like you probably can't imagine what you would do if your daughter was raped. If it hasn't happened, it may be okay. difficult for you. You're to not going to answer this question, question. Whoa, dude. Like, she should just say, no, I don't support abortion in those circumstances. But, like, other, but also, like, maybe not giving this guy what he wants is fucking important, too, right? Like, not answering the guy's question is fucking probably a better idea. Just being like, you know what? Just avoid the guy's question because it's absurd. Like the cases where abortion happens in the third trimester are like nearly exclusively because both the life of the mother and the, the unborn fetus are at risk and that the pregnancy is not going to be viable. That's like, and it's horrific because this is not the mother didn't, nobody wants it when it happens that late. Like there may be like, I don't know, maybe there's cases where it's different, but like I've, I've never, never heard any. Nobody wants it when it happens, like, even like after like <clears throat> basically in the third trimester, it's, it's gotta be so rare that anybody wants it at that point. Anyway, here's, um, here's some right-wingers, uh, right-wing, uh, influencers talking about how, uh, the new speaker of the house is, you know, their guy, like this guy's is especially happy about it. 
guys, Christian nationalist Rick Green. I got to tell you, man, known this guy for a while. Uh, he has been a champion for liberty, especially religious liberty, but, but, but frankly, a constitution guy. This is a constitutional attorney for Alliance Defending Freedom. This is one of our guys, folks. This man has a biblical worldview. I am, I'm, in, I'm in tears. I'm literally in tears because it's a moment where we've been praying for this. We've been praying for leaders that have a fear of God, that, that we know have a, have a foundation of biblical truth. I mean, that's what we want. We just want someone that'll stand for truth. And you got to know truth to do that. This is a moment to stop what you're doing and thank God for this happening. Uh, I mean, if you believe that this is a good thing, you should be thanking uh, Jim Jordan for being completely fucking incompetent and so unlikable that uh, <laughs> that uh, people didn't vote for him just literally because he's unlikable. So uh, here we go. We got um, we got David Barton. Fake historian David Barton, um, who we've actually seen going all the way back to the 80s in videos that we watch on uh, this channel, sometimes on the Satanic Panic show. He's thrilled, just absolutely fucking thrilled that this guy is the Speaker of the House. And founder of wallbuilders.com and Victory News contributor David Barton is very familiar with the new Speaker. We spoke to him recently right after Mike Johnson was elected on the House floor. Yeah, we know Mike very well. We've been friends for years. Mike is the guy that has been a leader and a fighter in really the, the conservative, Christian, pro-life, pro-marriage movement. I think Mike has a, a better grounded biblical worldview um, that's really clear with the way he thinks and speaks. He understands the history of America, the history of the institutions. He understands. I'm real worried when David Barton starts talking about how somebody uh, understands the history of the United States. That's a bad fucking sign. Prosperity, as George Washington said in his farewell address, he has that, that view of history that is really unique. There's not that many people who understand American history um, from the founder's perspective and what they intended. So he's very good at that. All right, David Barton, we thank you for your insight into somebody that you know well, who's now the Speaker of the House. Got to like that. Yeah, love it. This is the God guy, and we thank God for putting the God This is the God guy, and we thank God for putting the God guy in a fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, great coverage of this, by the way, from the podcast. I've been um, plugging them a lot lately. It's our white Christian American Jesus. Or straight white American Jesus, or I forget what, I think it's straight white American Jesus is the name of the podcast. Uh, great coverage from them on this because they're, this is their beat. This is uh, the Christian nationalism is actually their beat. That's the entirety, not the entirety, but that's the vast majority of what their podcast is about. Whereas my show is not um, specifically about that, though we do end up covering that a lot. Here we go. We got the former president of the United States here and uh, spelling is uh, his passion, as you will see in this clip. He could win a spelling bee. You know how you spell us, right? You spell us, U.S. I just picked that up. Has anyone ever thought of that? I just picked that up. A couple of days I'm reading and it said us. And I said, you know, if you think about it, us equals U.S. It's, isn't it? Now, if we say something genius, they'll never say it. <laughs> Fucking genius. Wonder if he was trying to imply that it's like the United States, or if he just fucking thought, hey, this is pretty interesting. Actually, we got a word. It's two it's two letters, and uh, I know how to spell it. My fucking God. Up next we got Kimberly Gilfoyle. 
Um, she is going to talk about how uh, the pres the first lady, uh, went for a uh, walk on the beach, but that's not really the funniest part of it. It's um, well, you'll see, you'll see. As the risk of war escalates in the Middle East, Biden takes this week once again taking a breather with a walk along a Delaware beach, even as Israel warns of Hamas's efforts to make chemical weapons and the continued outcry over hostages being held captain by these terrorists. Uh, they held them and uh, uh, promoted them to the rank of captain. We held, that's what being held captain it means. It's like uh, being captive, but you've been promoted. Here's the uh, former, <laughs> former, the former um, UN rep to uh, Israel, uh, Dan Gil Gillerman, and he uh, he seems he seems nice. He seems great. I'm not terrified of this man at all. I just want to ask you then about something else he said in his speech, which is about um, the collective punishment, as he put it, of the Palestinian people. And I want to talk about that in the context of the blockade and keeping fuel out of Gaza. I just wonder if you think that that is really necessary. You know, I'm, I'm very puzzled by the constant uh, concern which the world and, uh, and also Britain, I must say, Mark, is showing for the Palestinian people. And is I'm concerned. <laughs> My God. Actually showing for these horrible, inhuman animals who have done the worst atrocities that this century has seen and the worst atrocities that Jews have suffered since the Holocaust. I mean, you know, when, when the United States reacted to 9-11, I don't remember people shedding tears for the Taliban or Al-Qaeda. Your country, Mark, actually, Britain, actually joined them and even sent your royals to fight in Afghanistan. When the, when Russia, when the Ukrainians reacted to Russia's invasion, I this guy's an idiot. people worrying about the poor Russian soldiers and whether they had enough food. All of a sudden, when it comes but to is Israel, the, is the everybody's becoming a great mm. humanitarian totally, you know, totally uh, forgetting yep. what happened two and a half weeks ago, which is unforgettable and unforgiven. What a monster that guy is. That the fucking thing that strikes me is like the dehumanizing language, calling them animals, calling like all of the people there animals. You know, I try, we're not talking like that much about the, the conflict here because I don't know enough about it to really get into the, the nuts and bolts of what's going on there. But we, what I have noticed and what I'm very comfortable talking about is the bloodlust. I see bloodlust like on Twitter, sometimes even on Facebook from people I might be a little surprised to see it from. And um, it's, it's bad. This is bad. This is, this, is how, this is how genocides happen. Hopefully cooler heads fucking prevail at some point, but I'm not hopeful here. Especially just because everybody just seems so fucking, everybody's just got like a fucking war boner. There's like people who are like, oh, uh, fucking Iran's going to get involved. And I'm like, well, you almost seem like you want that to happen, right? They almost want like a broader conflict so they can get their war boner going. And like, oh, it's just, it's just terrifying and horrible and, you know, a little disconcerting and disappointing because it's some, the people, a lot of, not a lot of it, but some of it's from people who, who I, I never would have thought would have would have been like this 
But next we got uh looks like uh Greg Gutfeld. Greg Gutfeld is uh thinks it's bad to call for people uh being deprogrammed when they're uh, Trump supporters, but he thinks maybe the people who are um think that uh the Palestinians deserve to live um should be uh deprogrammed because that's different because I think it's just because they have the wrong imaginary friend, or at least the Palestinians have the wrong imaginary friend. Because that's what this all comes down to. And what they're trying to do now, and I, is they're trying to create an artificial holocaust to cancel out the real one. What? I think that's what they're doing, because they're trying to take away that power from the, from the Jews. What? The irony is that Hillary, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, claimed that Trump supporters needed deprogramming yes. when it's actually large elements of the new members of their party that are suffering from really obvious brainwashing. When you're seeing it around, you can tell it's a virus, that it's, that, that it's also emotional and so nonsensical that it is an actual contagion and it's a hysteria. The only way you can counter this is through persuasion through deprogramming, talking to them and showing them how they've been manipulated by false information. It's the only way to do it. You can't deprogram us. We're going to deprogram you. Exactly, Jesse. Even Jesse Waters was like, you're stupid. Even Jesse, I mean, Jesse Waters is an idiot and was being kind of flippant there. But even Jesse Waters kind of saw like the, the, um, the, the problem with that. It's like, well, people that believe things you don't like need to be deprogrammed and people like cult deprogramming actually doesn't work. Um, that sort of the, yeah, the idea like cult deprogramming doesn't work anyway. Um, in fact, oftentimes it's rather abusive and the person who gets deprogrammed is in a worse shape for it, but I don't think they're like talking about the sort of cult deprogramming maybe that, that people have talked about in the past. I think they just, I don't know what they mean, but then, other interesting thing is Greg Gutfeld up there talking about, oh, people have been exposed to misinformation and disinformation. It's like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear that shit from you. <laughs> like, why would I want to hear? Why would I? Why would I want? Like, that guy has been spreading misinformation and disinformation. It's like a matter of his career. So up next, we got uh, Marjorie the Gathering. She is going to attempt to uh, censure uh, Rashida Tlaib in, on the House floor. Uh, it's not, I don't think it's going to work of the privileges of the house. Will the gentlewoman first yield back her one minute? Yes. Okay. Now for what purpose? For what purpose is the gentlewoman seek recognition? Mr. Speaker, pursuant to clause 2A1 of rule 9, I seek recognition to give notice of my intent to raise a question of the privileges of the house. The form of the resolution is as follows. A resolution censuring Representative Rashida Tlaib for anti-Semitic activity, sympathizing with terrorist organizations, and leading an insurrection at the United States Capitol complex. What? Whereas in Wait, what? May 2019, Rashida Tlaib said that she celebrated the Holocaust and felt a calming feeling when thinking... When did Rashida Tlaib did not say that she celebrated the Holocaust? about the genocide of millions of jews where she did she did not say that where the fuck did you like come on i would know if she said that we would all know if she said that 2020 rashida talib retweeted an illustration with the caption from the river to the sea palestine will be free 
And this Palestine Liberation Organization PLO slogan has been adopted by Hamas and calls for the elimination of Israel and death to all Jews. Whereas in September 2022, Rashida Tlaib, as a member like of if the any of this is if any of this is true, well, like the you know we've looked up this stuff in the past. The the, the women that they're called the squad, right? Everybody tries to say, oh, you're you're anti-Semitic. You're all anti-Semitic. You you to the extent that we can get this demographic information, the fucking Jews in their community seem not to think so because they vote for them. <laughs> so of caucus displayed her disdain for israel saying you cannot claim to hold progressive values yet back israel's apartheid government i, I agree instead of denouncing the horrors of hamas in fact something like 48 percent of the people of israel who vote agree because they vote against the likud party Israelis and demanding the release of all hostages held by hamas rashida talib stated on october 8 2023 the path to the future must include lifting the blockade, ending the occupation, and dismantling the apartheid system that creates the suffocating, dehumanizing conditions that can lead to resistance. Whereas Rashida Tlaib exhibited her hatred for America by reposting a message on October 12, 2023, blaming America for allowing the deaths of Palestinian babies at the hands of Israel. Whereas Rashida Tlaib led an insurrection at the United States Capitol complex on October 18th, 2023, which put members of Congress there. Okay, this part is I can't fucking believe this. This part like. And Capitol visitors in danger by shutting down elevators, stairwells and points of egress while obstructing official business in both the House of Representatives and the Senate including a for Senate Foreign Affairs Committee hearing. Whereas the insurrection led by Rashida Tlaib was organized by Jewish Voice for Peace, which the Anti-Defamation League calls a radical anti-Israel activist group. Hey, what is, hey Mar Marjorie the Gathering, what is the, what is the just, just interesting question to ask? What, what do you suppose the, um, the ADL has said about Marjorie the Gathering in the past? Not that I fucking love the ADL. Don't get me wrong. There are, there are a lot of problems with the ADL, but it's interesting that she's using them as a source here because I bet if we search their website, we name search her on their website, they probably have some nasty things to say about her too. That advocates for a complete economic, cultural, and academic boycott of the state of Israel and that believes Israeli policies and actions are motivated by deeply rooted Jewish racial chauvinism and religious supremacism. Whereas well, that's because that's what they believe. And like, that's not an uncommon sentiment among uh, Jewish people in the United States and Europe, especially like progressive Jewish people, but Jewish people tend to be like more liberal and progressive anyway, you know, for whatever reason, and their history, their history being what it is, not surprising to me that maybe they wouldn't tend to be right-wingers. But yeah, the this is a, not an uncommon view among like, uh, even conservative uh, Jews, but like reform Jews, a uh, very common view. Whereas members of the Southern Poverty Law Center, a far left nonprofit organization, were present at the insurrection at the Capitol on October 18, 2023. Whereas several insurrectionists at the Capitol belong to a group messaging chat called Global Intifada, which is the Arabic word for rebellion or uprising and refers to a series of protests and violent riots carried out by Palestinians and Israel during the last century. 
Whereas by leading an anti-American and anti-Semitic insurrection on October 18th, 2023. The other thing that I don't like, and it's actually, uh, many people believe that it is anti-Semitic to say that if you don't support the nation state of Israel, that you don't like Jewish people because you're, you're conflating a nation state with a, with an, a religious ethnic cultural group. And a lot of people are like, well, hey, that seems a little anti-Semitic, actually, if you think about it. Rashida Tlaib followed Hezbollah's orders to carry out a day of unprecedented anger following an explosion at a Gazan hospital, lying about Israel's responsibility for the attack, which United States intelligence agencies said was not perpetrated by Israel. And whereas members of Congress who denounce the United States while praising terrorist organizations are unfit to hold office. Now, therefore, be it resolved that Representative Rashida Tlaib be censured. Representative Rashida Tlaib forthwith present herself in the well of the House of Representatives for the pronouncement of censure. And Representative Rashida Tlaib be censured with the public reading of this resolution by the Speaker. I yield back, Mr. Speaker. Under Rule 9, a resolution offered from the floor by a member other than the majority leader or the minority leader as a question of the privileges of the House have immediate precedent only at a time designated by the chair within two legislative days after the resolution is properly noticed. Pending that designation, the form of the resolution noticed by the gentlewoman from Georgia will appear in the record at this point. The chair will not at this point determine whether the resolution constitutes a question of privilege. That determination will be made at the time designated for consideration of the resolution. So that was a lot of words for we're not paying we're not paying you any fucking attention, right? I think that's what the guy said. The guy said, ah, no, not doing this not doing this <clears throat> so this is the other this is the other thing that i i feel comfortable talking about here is that the the conflation of um anti-semitism with and i don't even like the term zionism because it's been used by a lot of anti-semites so i'll just say the conflation of anti-semitism with not liking the fucking Likud party and the way that they have uh, handled uh, their business and they're, they're in the middle east the way that they have dealt with the west bank in gaza it is not anti-semitic to criticize the behavior of a political party. It just isn't. And if it if that were the standard, then fucking 47 to 48% of the voting population of Israel would also be anti-Semitic because they fucking hate that fucking party too. There's a liberal pushback against this in Israel that doesn't get any play. Nobody ever talks about it. Go look at the results of all the, go look at the results of elections. It's pretty close. Anyway, we're going to move on here. Here's Jenna Ellis uh, pleading guilty to, um, I believe this is in Georgia. I believe this is in Georgia because that's where everybody be pleading guilty because it's like that. I, I've been telling, I told everybody that Georgia's the slam dunk. Georgia's the slam dunk. And everybody was like, oh, it's going to be the thing about Jan, Jan 6. I mean, some people may go down for the thing about Jan 6, but Georgia's the fucking slam dunk. And people like Jenna Ellis know it. Here's Jenna Ellis throwing Rudy Giuliani under the bus. Let's go. Thank you, Your Honor, for the opportunity to address the court. As an attorney who is also a Christian, 
I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously, and I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. In the wake of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. For those failures of mine, Your Honor, I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar who censured me, and I now take responsibility before this court and apologize to the people. Damn. She's going to roll on them. She's going to roll on them hard. She wasn't ready for this. She's going to roll on them hard. And um, I don't think, you know, whatever. Uh, she wasn't really pulling the strings, but she was the one talking to the media. She was the one out there saying what the fuck she was saying. <coughs> I'm not big on the carceral state. I, I, I feel like I feel like the worst outcome here actually is going to be if like the underlings, there's a couple fucking sacrificial lambs, a couple fall guys, so to speak, within the underlings and nobody up higher in the organization gets got. That's going to be the worst outcome, actually, because you know what that tells you? That tells you all you need is a fall guy. And um, I think that's a likely outcome, but also I think this one might just be the Georgia might be the one. I mean, it may just not fucking care because there's no pardon there. You can't part you. They got to do five years, even if they get pardoned five fucking years on like a Rico case. Even if you get pardoned, you still got, you can't, you can't get out. If you get convicted on Rico, uh, Rico, Rico laws in Georgia are particularly harsh. And a lot of cases they're used in a bad way, honestly, to just go after like drug dealers, essentially people who aren't really racketeering in the way that the laws were meant to uh, be applied. But in this case, pretty, pretty good racketeering, pretty, a lot of racketeering happening. So we got here, we got two of what I would call the opposite of palate cleansers. The first one's a little bit funny though. Hello? Yo. Hey, what's up? You wanna come over and watch some scary movies? I'm gonna pass on this one. Oh, come on, bro, it's Halloween. I'm just not into the demonic stuff, bro. I'll be, I'll be praising Jesus. I'll be reading my Bible. All right, whatever, you Bible thumper. All right, bro. Bye. I love when God's children are entertained by me. <laughs> I love when my children spend time with me. Fucking so dumb. Fucking so dumb. Also that I thought I thought a little something something else was going on at the beginning of that video, honestly. <laughs> Up next we got uh This is also the opposite of a palate cleanser. This, I don't know. I think this one might be I think we might have gotten got here. This one here might be fake, but I think we're gonna run it anyway because it's funny. 
So just uh, keep in mind that I think this could very well be a fake video. This lady tried to touch on me at a massage place and then refused to get my money back. She going to jail. She tried to grab my genitals. She going to jail. And they wonder why Christians having a hard time making it to heaven. I stand for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> went to a happy ending miss like assuming that this is true right assuming that that isn't bullshit which i'm like 50 50 on the dude went to like a happy ending massage parlor and got mad about the happy ending that's pretty pretty uh pretty weird anyway up next is uh this one might be a bit of a palate cleanser this is the uh best this is uh definitely the best halloween decorations at least that i've that i've seen on the on the internet recently this is, uh somebody made their roomba into a ghost yep that's a that's a that's a killer like and for your kids like when your kids come over like when your kids friends come over and stuff that's great that's a a great great halloween decoration so we're gonna we're gonna look at another we're gonna look at a down ballot race here not out of the area not out of our area this is in richmond richmond area virginia this uh this is um susanna gibson she's uh she's running for looks like a congress and she uh did some i believe she was on chatterbait or maybe um maybe only fans but i believe she was camming with her husband on chatterbait and everybody's trying to make a big deal out of it. And I'm like, this is fantastic. I'm like, vote for this lady. She's, uh, you know, open-minded sort. In touch with the youths. Two weeks away from Election Day and Virginia's Republican Party taking further steps to warn voters of the online sex scandal surrounding House candidate Susanna Gibson. Tonight, new at 11, we're hearing what the governor has to say about the explicit political flyers that his party is mailed out. Riley Wyatt is joining us live now to explain. Riley, what's the governor saying? Yeah, Makia Kurt, I asked Governor Yunkin about this campaign tactic, and he told me that he had not seen the mailers his own party sent out to thousands. I bet he's seen her fucking Chatterbait he channel. Did have this to say about Susanna Gibson and the scandal that's followed her. This candidate's personal life is something that that candidate needs to explain to people, and the Democratic Party needs to have an opinion on this. These flyers began showing up in mailboxes in the 57th House District. The outside says do not open if you are under the age of 18 and warning explicitly. Well, that means that the fucking kids are all going to open that. Material enclosed. Inside are censored quotes and screenshots from Democrat Susanna Gibson's public porn live stream. Hell yeah. In these videos, she allegedly performed sex acts with her husband and asked viewers to pay them money. Some 57th district voters I spoke with off camera tell me it seemed a tad extreme to push out her explicit content, even though it is something they say voters should know about. Political analyst Larry Sabato says it's unclear whether the flyers will hurt Gibson's campaign. They have decided that this will benefit their candidate. You, you wonder whether uh, perhaps a private survey indicated that 
Susanna Gibson was doing better than they expected her to, because that is a very competitive district. It, it could even be said that under certain circumstances, it leans Democratic. Gibson's campaign biting back in a statement accusing her opponent David Owen and the Virginia GOP of attempting a desperate attack to distract from the real issues. Governor Youngkin. I think in California that might be illegal. That would be like revenge porn laws in California. This to say. David Owen's a great candidate and he's looking forward and he's being very clear about what he's going to do for Virginians rein in cost of living and lower taxes and support law enforcement and stand up for educational excellence and make sure that students in fact have their parents engaged in their lives. That's what our candidates are doing and if there's a candidate that needs to explain something I suggest that the candidate do it and the Democrat Party do it. I reached out to David Owens campaign for comment tonight but never heard back. Live and on your side at Virginia State Capitol, <clears throat> I'm Riley White. That's Girls fine. Restaurant going viral on this, social this media. This is fine. There's no, there's no, there's no problem here. This is adults uh, participating in an adult website, and she was doing it all with her husband. I mean, come on. I think that what the, I think this might actually blow back on these fucking people. Honestly, this might blow back on them. I think like moderates, even moderate Republicans, might be like, eh. we who knows though? Who knows? I just feel like there's a way in which this this is sort of in the Richmond area, like sort of maybe I think it might be suburbs of Richmond or whatever. I think they're right that this is like a maybe like like a very lean Republican district or it might be very lean Democrat. And so <clears throat> we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But don't worry. Here's um Jim Baker. It, uh, last night during the Catterday, I was confused. I thought Jim Baker had died and Pat Robertson had lived to be about 114 years old, but it turned out that I was wrong. Here's Jim Baker. Here's how uh, they know. It's uh, Jim Baker and Lance Wallenew. This is how they know that Trump is a Christian, actually. So why people think Trump is not a Christian. Now, I happen to know, if I'm, I'm telling stuff that I only know because I know the people who have led him in the sinner's prayer. I mean, people who have literally <laughs> prayed with him and I know, Lance, you know people that have prayed with President Trump to accept Christ as Savior. Isn't that right? Yeah, I'm laughing because I just hope he doesn't think he has to accept Jesus into his heart several times a year in order to become <laughs> yeah, a Christian. Exactly. I, you, know, you only get born again once. But I can tell you, Dr. Dobson prayed with him. James Robinson prayed with him. Pastor Amaldonado prayed. And That's like a who's who who can go fuck themselves, though, dude. Those are just three I talked to that said he said yes. the sinner's prayer with me, and he meant it. Trump has prayed three times that I know of to accept Jesus, mm -hmm. and we know I, a I'm sure more. one of them yes. stuck. <laughs> yeah, at least one of them stuck. That's right. Even the fucking, even even fucking uh, the co-host. I think that's Jim Baker's uh, uh, wife. She's like, even even she knows this is bullshit, right? She's like, Haha, yeah. Here we go. This is um, this is Pastor uh, Hank. Kuhneman. We don't usually cover him because he's kind of boring, but uh, this, I found this, and this was pretty funny, actually. He can't, um, he can't even uh, do his uh, congregation. He can't uh, show up at church to uh, head his congregation because, you know, he's just too busy being on fucking TV. People say all the time, well, Pastor Inc., it's such a commitment that you're on Flashpoint. Yeah, it's been three years, and it's been a long three years. I am a very, very busy man. I juggle a lot. That is not a violin. That's called 
you need to. You don't. Skill. I mean, juggling violins would actually be a pretty fucking impressive feat if they were like full-sized violins. Look at what we've produced: yes. children's books, children's animation, books for adults, messages one, two times a week, traveling with a message, being on TV once a week, filming Get Real with Hank, uh, New Level with Hank and Brenda. Uh, you want to keep going? So you're not a church pastor. You're a grifter. Uh, construction meetings. So they can build a bigger church for him okay, not to show up at. On on. That's why when people say, well, I just never can get with you, pastor. I don't have time. And if you want to get that acquainted, I'm not your pastor. Because, you know, there's just something about getting too familiar with people. It's dangerous. He's like, I might start thinking of you as human and not just a, not just a, a fucking ATM. It is. I'd rather be with God and do what he's called me to do and be as personable as I can. That's why I come on Saturday. I'd be glad to meet you. And he said to us, I'm not being mean. I'm being nice. I'm being, yeah, that's, that's what a, what a dick. Like most most pastors are like at least even if they're not that cool they're at least pretending right this guy's like i don't have time for you i don't want to meet you why would i want to meet any of you people he's like you you are just a, a, a cash machine for me actually he's like act like you fucking know like there's a way to go about that you go hey i don't have time to meet everybody because i'm out spreading the word um you know maybe next year uh you know during the beginning of the year i'll spend less time on the road and we can have more time to meet with congregants or whatever like you could just tell some fucking lie like that instead he's like look how important i am i don't have time for you fucking scum <laughs> like what a, what, a, what, a, what an interesting fellow what an interesting fellow indeed speaking of interesting fellows it's pastor greg Locke, who the first time i saw him i was like why is this gay man acting like this? And it turns out, I don't think Pastor Locke is gay, but his loafers do seem a little bit light. Here's him. <laughs> Here's him talking about the moon and whether or not we landed on it. Of course we've been lied to by the government. Okay, I get that. Of course you can fake pictures. I get that. Do I believe we went to the moon? No. And you ought to sue your brain for non-support if you do believe we went to the moon. Nobody ever went to the moon. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well sir that's just because you haven't listened to yourself 50 years and we ain't been back got more technology in your hand that they but we have been back they had to send a rocket up 50 years ago of course we've never been to the moon okay him it and all these twitter people okay we've never been to the moon so go ahead and clip it and get me a newsweek this week uh, whatever shut up so there's a way in which he is kind of given the way of the game there right because part of what he does is to try to say provocative things to get people like and this is exactly who uh, clipped him here hemet meta the uh the friendly atheist so part of what he does is to say like ridiculous things to try to get these people to clip him but like, what else do you do? Do you not like make fun of him? It's just like Ben Shapiro kind of does the same thing, right? Where he, where he says stuff and like the way he got popular was by people like us kind of dunking on him. But like, what else do you do? Do you just, I don't know. There's no right answer here. Also, I think that he name dropped Hemet specifically so that Hemet would, would clip that. I mean, that's what I'd do, right? If he was like, I'm going to be on the Plex. I'd be like, yep, now you are. 
that's like my favorite genre of these kinds of videos actually usually it's they end up talking about right wing watch they're like right wing watch and then right wing watch is like well we're clipping that but now it's fun that uh they're talking about hemet now maybe right wing watch maybe got bored with old pastor lock there and the best he can do is hemet meta no shade on hemet it's just the right wing watch is a bigger organization um <clears throat> anyway up next we got a Pierce Morgan versus Jesse Waters on um, uh, guns, actually. That ought to be interesting. Or not. I know. And we haven't had that problem with the king since then. I know. With I know. respect, here's, as your friend. Here, respectfully, here's my response. I cannot buy, in the United States of America, a Kinder Surprise chocolate egg. They're banned. They're banned on safety grounds because the little toys inside them might choke people. A British prime minister, I won't say which one, but one in the last few years, told me he was stopped at LAX because he had some for his nieces and they confiscated them because they were a health hazard. Now, I simply say, you're a country of many freedoms and many regulations. How about regulating guns in the way that you do Kinder Surprise chocolate eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, fucking Pierce Morgan's a giant piece of shit. But every time he comes onto American TV to talk about guns, he he just it's just he's just it's it's just like very, very common sense shit. Thanks. OK, with respect, with, with respect, do forks make people fat? Uh, yeah. OK, no. <laughs> oh, well, they do. They do don't guns they? don't kill people. They do. People kill people. Guns Forks kill don't make you fat, Pierce. Guns do kill people. Forks don't make you fat. Want to jump in, Brian? Yeah, uh, a couple of things. Just uh, on this in particular, his family spoke out. They were asking him to surrender. NBC's reporting that there was a note found. They don't know what the note says. They haven't said it. No, probably had the 14 words written on it from what we've learned. They're like, oh, um, fucking Jesse Waters is really stupid, but let's uh, let's bring on somebody even dumber than jesse waters to talk about this and then they're like ah oh, we got brian kilmeade here they're like yep we'll bring on brian kilmeade to pick up where dumbass jesse waters left off like this is dumb like <clears throat> if the same people are like oh fentanyl's killing everybody well it's like well is the fentanyl killing people or is it the people using the fentanyl that's killing people like at least have some you know have some consistency here like yes i guess the person has to wield the tool for the tool to be wielded but the tool is the thing that kills the person and um we're just our just gun, our gun culture is just so crazy here, and like even most gun owners think our gun coach culture is crazy. It's it's gonna break eventually. It has to. Anyway, here we're gonna finish off the uh, regular part of the show. I almost put this into red light, but the regular podcast part of the show was looking a little 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 thin this week. We usually try to do two hours on the regular part of the podcast show, but we haven't been doing such a great job of that lately. I think it's mostly because I've been like burned out and stuff. But anyway, here's Anna Kasparian on the BPD podcast. <clears throat> and she's complaining about this birthing person shit again. She's, she's actually comparing it to being called the N-word, which is fantastic. So to answer your question, you are correct. I, I do not like to be bullied or pressured into saying things or believing things that I do not believe. I find that terminology degrading okay well great then don't go into the medical field because that's where this terminology is used i personally because i'm not a birthing person okay i'm a woman what's wrong with being called a birthing person well first of all um not all women even have the capacity to get pregnant oh you're oh you're 
there you come on now you're starting to get it so it's degrading to them to be essentially to have their their womanhood questioned if, they, if like they're not what a point unable yeah. if they're unable but that's what no 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 that's and that's why in clinical settings it's it's separate have uh, kids to begin with but also i mean look this is this is the thing that annoys me about this entire issue and conversation because they'll turn around and they'll say no one's calling you a birthing person okay um does someone need to call an individual who finds the n-word offensive the n-word in order for him or her to find it offensive okay so this is obviously dumb because the N-word is not being used in a clinical setting to describe a specific state of being of someone in a clinical setting. Or degrading. You get what I'm saying? Of course. No one needs to be called that word to find it problematic or to have an issue with it. And besides which, I was called that, okay? Yes, in a medical setting. But this is a doctor who knows I'm a biological woman. Call me a woman. But I had a conversation with that doctor. Why did you feel the need to call me a birthing person? Like, where did that come mm -hmm. from? I don't believe you had this conversation. Were you, or did she, is she pregnant? Was she pregnant at the time? And in California, medical providers are basically like told that there will be penalties if they don't use the proper terminology or if they're caught doing anything discriminatory uh, toward the trans community. Now, if they're actually doing something discriminatory toward the trans community, I think medical providers absolutely should face consequences. But the idea that we should change all of our terminology. But I don't think that, like, I think that this is all like, I think this is all gonna, like, she probably found it on the fucking paperwork somewhere, right? even toward women who want to be called women in order to be inclusive is ridiculous to me. Now, if a transgender person wants to be called that, fantastic. I respect it. I'll do it. I'll engage in it. But I think in the context of my relationship with my doctors, I want to be called a woman. It's not that difficult. <clears throat> I think your doctor, if they know you, they're just going to call you Anna. Hey, Anna. Or maybe Ms. Kasparian, if you're, uh, you have a more formal relationship with your doctor. And in many other uh, contexts, they will refer to you as the patient. In many, many places. And in a specific, uh, specific things, they might refer to you as a birthing person. But I think that it's going to be, I think that it's oftentimes used more broadly for people who can or will give birth. I'm just not. I'm just not worried what it says on the medical forms. I'm worried, like, I'm more concerned, like, with with my doctor. I have a great doctor. I uh, actually have to pay out of pocket now. Um, but she's great. I don't give a shit what it says on the forms. I don't go through the forms. I don't read them. If I'm if she asks me to read something, I'll read it. But if it's, like, if it says something weird on the form, I'm just going to ignore it. Because it's just, it's just some weird shit on the fucking form. Don't care. It's not a problem. It's probably used very, probably not used even that often. <clears throat> probably used in very specific circumstances on very specific forms. Maybe it's used more in California just because different kinds of regulation, but I don't know. I just know that, <clears throat> I just don't know why, why she, why Anna Kasparian feels like she has to keep bringing this up. She brought it up once and she could just let it go, right? She could be like, oh, well, you know, people disagree. Some people agree, whatever. All these weird fucking turfs are now like using me to try to push their anti-trans agenda. Maybe I should shut the fuck up because maybe this doesn't matter that much.
It's not like she spends her life at the fucking doctor's office. She's in, she's, you know, I think she's around my age. She's in very good health, has, you know, enough money probably that she doesn't have to really do too much. And she probably, her socioeconomic status would indicate she's probably very healthy and, you know, goes to the doctor maybe, um, maybe, maybe more, maybe more than I do because she probably got great health insurance, but who knows. But I'm just not that concerned with what it says on the fucking forums. Like, and in this case, like, I wonder if, if like, what's her relationship like with the medical, with the healthcare provider she has? If it's a great relationship, maybe, maybe this ain't the hill to die on because maybe you're going to fucking piss your doctor off and like, just make their day worse for no goddamn reason. Who fucking knows? Anyway, I think that, I don't know, for a while I thought she was going to do this because I thought she was going to do that right wing grift shift. And try to go like heterodox and go be friends with like Barry Weiss and all them fucking weirdos. But it doesn't seem like that's what she's doing. So I think she's really just got a fucking bug up her butt about this for no uh, no real good reason. And it's to her detriment because generally she's been pretty good on things. Though when she talks about California, specifically talking about city life in Los Angeles, she's been uh, not so great lately. But yeah, it's it's unnecessary, as someone in chat just said. There's no, there's no, and and her when she gets gets on this gets on her bullshit about like having to act, having to see homeless people in uh, Los Angeles too. I'm like, why are you doing this? But I mean, I know why she's doing it. I think there there may be a way in which she wants to leave that door open to pull a Barry Weiss, or it may just be that she likes the attention, or she could legitimately feel this way about these issues and not understand that just because she feels this way, it doesn't mean it's time to talk about it all the time. I don't fucking say everything I think. And some of the things I think are probably a problem. And so I think about them some more. Anyway, that's been the podcast portion of the show. Thanks everybody for hanging out. Uh, thanks for all the new follows, new subs, and thanks for the raid from Literally Politically. We're checking out your channel at some point. Maybe we'll raid into you some night. This is uh, Boomers by Periscope. I am going to change the color of the lights in this room and uh, pour myself a cocktail and we'll go on into red light.
Echoplex has a 24-hour stream? That's right. Check out our 24-7 music stream at ecoplexmedia.com live or at eplex.xyz. Our huge self-submitted local music library plays the best tunes the Bay Area has to offer, adding commercial-free, well, except for ours, and even by request. Check out the player on ecoplexmedia.com or at eplex.xyz. Bookmark it and enjoy it all day. Ecoplex is very supportive of our local music scene, and we hope you enjoy the soundtrack they've so graciously sent in for us to play on our network. If you like who you hear, please go check them out. The names of the artists are displayed on the player at ecoplexmedia.com and at eplex.xyz.